and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll, but these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. When you think about breath, it's a pretty crazy thing. The, the, the thing that is pa- passed down to us from generation to generation, breath is how we know that a baby is alive. Like when they take that first cry and we hear their first breath, When someone takes their last breath, it's how we know that someone has died. This breath is the creative, life-giving breath that was in God and with God in the beginning. That's what the scripture says. And in Genesis 2, when God creates humanity, right, he, he gets down to Adam and he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being and we truly believe that that breath has since passed down to everyone. The word breath in scripture also has this dual meaning and so at the beginning when it says the spirit of God was hovering above the waters, that ruach of God that was hovering above the waters, that same word means breath. So spirit and breath are interchangeable all throughout the Old Testament. So whenever we read breath, it often means spirit. And there's something about this kind of life breath that is the very life of God in our midst. Now today in this scripture, we have something about the breath of God happening. And I find this to be a very curious an incredible passage. Every passage of every gospel has a sending, commissioning story for the disciples. The one we know the most and have the most familiarity with is from Matthew 28, where Jesus says, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I've commanded you and I'm with you to the end of the age. And a lot of times churches will say, well, that's our job, right? We're going to make disciples, we're going to baptize, we're going to teach, like, and we're going to go out, right? That, that's where we kind of form a lot of our identity as who we are. And that's very much correct. But John also has a very unique commissioning story, and that's what this is today. And it happens to be that it's still on the day of Easter when Jesus commissions the disciples in John. And this breath of Jesus was given up at his crucifixion. And I think it was given up for this moment. If you'll remember when Jesus died, it says, when he had received the sour wine, Jesus said, it is completed. Bowing his head, he gave up his life. Other translations might say, bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And now what we have is that the promise of Jesus to give the disciples the Holy Spirit is now fulfilled. In John 14, right after the Last Supper, we have this text from John 14 through 17 that's called the Farewell Discourses. And this is presented as if Jesus just kind of goes on and talks and prays after um, after Holy Thursday is over. And so from John 14 through chapter 17, we have all of these resonances of things that he wants to connect for us. John 14, 26, he says, the companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. We're going to see how these things all connect in the life of Jesus because this moment today where Jesus breathes on the disciples the Holy Spirit. For John, this is the culmination of the Easter story. It's not even the empty tomb. It's not even Mary Magdalene going to the disciples and saying, I've seen the Lord. And my question is, why is this for John the culmination of the Easter event? Well, because the sending power of Jesus is located within his breath. For John, this moment is Pentecost, the falling of the Holy Spirit, right? This moment is even part of the ascension story, where because Jesus usually, it, the, the sending of the disciples, the commissioning, is brought during the ascension, and it's also his glorification, all in one, all combined in this text. So Jesus comes and he stands among the disciples. Of course, they don't know what to do, right? They're in a locked room and somehow Jesus appears, don't really get that, and he says, peace be with you. Now, peace be with you, common ancient Near Eastern greeting, right? Still used today, especially uh, in the Jewish or Islam community, right? They, they, they have ways to say whether shalom or, or, um, or, or the Muslim greeting of that, and, and, and to say peace be with you. It was a common greeting, but Jesus in John always means two things when he says things. And so I think at the same time, he's also offering them this form of peace that is a forever peace of God's new age. Earlier in John, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and promises it to the disciples, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't let them be afraid. So he's establishing this forever peace with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And here's what happens, right? The Spirit, the Spirit is the advocate who empowers the disciples for future ministry. In chapter 16, Jesus says it this way. 
However, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own, but will say whatever he hears and proclaim to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and proclaim it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That's why I said that the Spirit takes what is mine and will proclaim it to you. So the Spirit is going to empower the disciples for future ministry. At the same time, the Spirit also sheds light backward to help them understand everything that Jesus did and said. Last week on Easter, when Peter and John get to the tomb, you'll remember that it says that they didn't yet understand the prophecy that said Jesus has to rise from the dead. That's going to happen. That happens all sorts of times throughout John. And for John, in fact, for the, other, for the other gospel writers, none of Jesus' story makes sense until we're on this side of the resurrection. And then we can look back and through the power of the Holy Spirit, understand what Jesus was cluing them into the whole time. But it didn't make sense to them along the way. Oftentimes to us on this side of resurrection, they seem dense or, or like they're being just ridiculous or hard-headed. But yet they hadn't been empowered to understand Jesus' resurrection yet. Friends, we are, we are today the recipients of the life-giving breath of Jesus. We are born anew with his breath. What I want to invite you to think about is that rather than seeing, rather than seeing this passage of the disciples gathered in this room, like it was something that happened just on Easter Day, a long time ago, 2,000 plus years, to instead say that you are in that room, that we are sitting there, and the risen Jesus appears among us. And we, like the disciples, are blown away as he says, peace be with you. He shows us his hands and his side, and he says to us again, peace be with you. Don't freak out. I am here with you. And then he breathes onto us, giving us his life-giving power. And he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. I am giving you the power to do the type of ministry that you have seen me do. Friends, it is because of this moment, this sending forth moment, that the church could begin and continue its work. Have we ever thought about that? The only way that we have still maintained a presence in the world, the only way that the name of Jesus has been proclaimed is because the Spirit has been breathing through this movement of people called Christians ever since that day. And it has continued and it spreads like wildfire sometimes. And sometimes it seems like it's going dormant and we wonder where the church's witness is. And sometimes the witness hasn't been so very good. And then there's other times where then it rises up again. And what we see is that God is doing something through the power of the Spirit. We are with the disciples in that room. We are the ones who don't see yet and yet believe in John 17, at the end of those farewell discourses, Jesus prayed. He prayed for us. He prays specifically, not just for the disciples, but then he prays for those who will believe in Jesus because of the word of the disciples. He says, I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. 
Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. Friends, that is who we are. We are We are those whom Jesus has empowered by the power of his spirit. In this passage, it's tempting to focus on Thomas and say, well, Thomas had to see and believe. And, 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 you know, Thomas has got a bad rap just for this one verse in scripture, right? The poor guy is like one of the most like maligned figures in, in, in history because it gets the name doubter thrown in front of him. I don't even think that's what that's about. But, but it's tempting for us to say, well, what, what, what matters most in the life of faith is believing things rightly. It's about a head thing. But I think it's way bigger and way more than that. You are more than a person who assents to a belief. You are someone sent with the power and breath of Jesus within you. Does that make sense? You are more, you are more than just like a head walking on a body. A head that is supposed to say the right things so that like we say the creed after this sermon and you're like, yeah, I pretty much believe that. Check it off. At least I'll get into heaven or something like that. And I think that's how some of us think about faith sometimes. But faith is is a movement. It's active. And the spirit does not leave us to just kind of hang out and do our thing. No, the spirit is empowering and enabling us to do incredible things in the life of a community and in the life of the world and and even in the lives of relationships between us. That's why he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Jesus is anticipating. He's anticipating the drama that happens when people are in relationship together. And there's going to be the need for forgiveness within the life of the community. This story that we are a part of, this Easter story that we are on with Jesus is part of a far bigger thing than mere belief. It is so that we may have life in his name, have life in the breath of God. We participate, we partake in, we are given life, resurrection life and power by the very breath of God. I invite you to pray with me.